We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Week 11 NFL DFS Recap Show here on rotogrinders.com. You guys might know this show as the Gilcast. Uh, it's myself, Davis Maddock, Nate Noling, and Sammy Reed. And this is, I believe, the first great episode of the year because, guys, this is the first episode where I come in easy smash day and, uh, and both of you lost. So I think this is going to make a really good show uh, with both do, of you tilting I, at me. I do agree. I think this is the first week that Davis won. If we played a three-man every week, I think this is Davis's first W. I'm, I don't, I'm just, I don't, I'm just that's, so that's tilted. That's not true, I don't think. I think I've gotten you both a couple times. Yeah, no. I'm just so tilted. I've been, like, not looking forward to doing this show all day. The week, the week that Sammy played Adrian Peterson in cash, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that was kind of the worst because I wasn't there. to. That was, like, the week after both of you fish didn't play James Conner in cash and, like, getting roasted by two people who didn't play James Conner in cash the week before was probably my low point of the season. So, uh, I, yeah, so I had the highest score, so I get, to, I get to begin the lineup recap, and I think we actually all had a different play here. But I played Drew Brees at quarterback. Um, Nate, you played Fitzpatrick. Sammy, did you have Fitzpatrick as well? No, I ended up going to Lamar Jackson. Wow, I think this is definitely the first time we've this had three different sure. quarterbacks. So yeah. my, my thought process was very simple. It was – um, Drew Brees at home, he's like breaking all these records, and he was 6,500 in the highest total game of the week. So it just seemed like kind of easy to uh, to get him in. Nate, the question I have for you is, because I, I did like Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick was who I had kind of all week. Did you have any hesitancy in playing him at all? No, I mean, there was two guys I was looking at, and it was Lamar or Fitzpatrick, and I – I couldn't see with, with Monken getting the play calling back. The only thing I was scared about this week was whether or not Monken was going to re- resume pay- play calling. And 
when I saw he was on play calling again, I'm like, they're not going to continue to change. Like it's so unprofessional as an organization to hand off play calling to somebody else, give it back to him the following week, bench a quarterback, play him again, then bench him again. But like, I'm realizing Tampa Bay just doesn't care. Like, I just I, – that's not how you run an organization to continue to bench you. you like got to think that both Jameis and Fitzpatrick have, like, made their peace with it because if both of them were, like, really upset about it, I don't think they could do it. But I think they must have had a meeting, like, in, like, the quarterback's room at some point. Been like, Where it's, like, is four the magic number? You throw three – what is it, three or four? And then like, – I think it's – I think it's th- – I think it's, it's – I think we can safely say now it's three. It's three. Three is the magic and, number. You throw three TDs no matter what. But my, my, here's the thing with Fitz that drives me nuts. Fitz has literally thrown like 400 yards for like, I think it was every game except one that he actually finished a full game in. And, and then you bench, like, I don't know. I wish on DraftKings I could just play the Tampa Bay quarterback and it doesn't be either one. It's just yeah, ta- somebody Tampa gets benched, I guess the other one. Tampa Bay QB threw for 366 yards and two touchdowns. But honestly, that's – pretty close to how I like actually project things you know when I actually throw like okay I throw the passer ID in into the model but like the difference between Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick passing is very little but it really comes down to like just loving this Tampa Bay offense I thought there was no way there was no secret meeting like there was no way they were benching Fitzpatrick no I don't think they I don't think they ever had a meeting about benching either one of them but I think that the coaching staff and the quarterbacks have to have come to an understand an understanding that like look man if you play bad the other guy's coming in I was tilted. I'll just say that I was tilted. I, that's, I, that's so play. bad. I was that tilted, dude. This. I, 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 mean, was I was no like way. a point or two away from cashing, and knowing that I got two and a half quarter, quarters on my guy was like tilt. No, I, I I thought there was no way. I had Fitzpatrick all week until this morning too, and I just thought there was no way they'd bench him because if Jameis gets hurt, that means that they're forced into his option, and I just thought they wouldn't risk that. They have no playoff berth on the line. They have nothing to, you know. the The players love Fitzpatrick. They just bench Jameis. They, like they probably love J- the players. Probably like Jameis too, though. Jameis is like a big locker room, like leadership wins guy. Oh, that that I mean, that hard knocks like twisted everybody on Jameis. I think I, I just don't see it. I don't. Well, Jameis was it. like one of the most successful college quarterbacks of like the last fifteen years. I actually do think I agree with Davis. Everything I heard out of Tampa Bay, every everyone, was, all of his they teammates love Jameis. Yeah. All these Everybody in the organization like knows. All right. Well, how does your model account for that? Obviously, it doesn't. Sammy, it doesn't. Sammy, I failed. Jamie just hates Jameis Winston. Like, legit thinks he's so bad. I do well, hate Jameis I mean, Winston. He is kind of a... I would, have, I would play Jameis, though, in DFS. I, I really would. I Guys, think the Tampa Bay offense, like, Peyton Barber's... I mean, at least he should be dead. I mean, you have... Yeah, I mean, there, there's... It's, like, set up perfectly for a quarterback to just throw 400 yards every game. So, Sammy, you, you made an interesting play. I don't, he was not very owned in cash. Lamar Jackson was, I don't think. No, he was only 10%. Yeah, 10% I, I, had him, I had him in tournaments, but I was not willing to pull that trigger in cash just because I watched him play in the preseason, and the rushing yards were definitely there. But, I mean, I don't even know. How many, how many passes did he complete today? Got four. No, I mean, he What's threw, threw for yards. Manziel. I mean, you played Manziel. Like, what was the? I, I learned my lesson, dude. I was like 17 years old that week, the the Manziel <laughs> week against the Bengals. I was like, I was like a little. All of child. a year and a half, two years ago. 
Yeah, I there, but uh, like I, I totally got the logic. But like, I don't know, man. If I was doing the prices, Drew Brees would have been seventy four hundred this week at home to the Eagles. Yeah, Drew Brees was a great play. I thought Fitzpatrick was a great play, and I didn't think Lamar Jackson. Jamar, Lamar Jackson was really thin, but I just had to jam in all the studs I had into my lineup, and so I mean, Lamar did get twenty seven rushing attempts, which is. Pretty nuts. That's pretty. Twenty-seven nuts. for one seventeen. I really wish that they hadn't brought in what's his face Edwards. Yeah. Because this could have been the all-time Alex Collins smash game, and at least something would have gone right with. Can my you day. can you imagine that you touted Alex Collins? Who you wanted was, Alex who was, Collins? He was and- he was third on his team. And dude, look, look, he scored a touchdown. He did. He scored a touchdown and still got beat by Theo Riddick. Dude, Alex Collins would have been so fire if Edwards were not around. And don't well, it's act almost, like y'all... it's almost like everyone told you he's on a teammate with who use, he's on a team that uses two other running backs. No, no, dude, it would have been it would have been lit. Q, RB RB Ravens would have been so fire. RB, RB Ravens. Ravens and QB and QB Bucks just would have won all the money. So I will say I will say I feel pretty vindicated on my choice of playing Breeze. I think he was pretty clearly the play. Like I yeah. just. I just I would play this slate again. Like I, the only other guy I would have played was Fitzpatrick. But once it became clear that I was playing Michael Thomas, I was like for sure playing Breeze because the only lineup construction that I came through that didn't have him was like the expensive running back flex, like the David Johnson, James Conner lineup, and yeah. uh, and I did not do that. So let's do let's do running backs. Um, I played Saquon Barkley, Dion Lewis, and Theo Riddick. Uh, I don't feel bad about the Theo play. You should. You should. No, because here's the thing. Given all of the information. You feel awful, bro. Davis. Given all of the information that we had, he should have gotten something like Bruce Ellington's workload. Bruce Ellington played the position that Theo had played the last two weeks. So I, I don't I don't actually like sure it was thin. I knew it was thin going in, but to get this lineup, you had to make at least one or two thin plays. And I was I was pretty fine doing, and I didn't think I lost a ton going from Theo to like one one of those five K wide receivers was a lock to have a bad game. And it Carry turns on out, went out like halfway through the third, and Theo still only got eight points. Theo Riddick was such a fishy play, dude. I told you, and you're like texting us this morning. You guys are gonna rue the day you, you didn't guys- play Theo Riddick. <laughs> I mean, it was not it wasn't it wasn't about it wasn't about Theo himself it was about what I was allowed to do and the rest of my lineup he was a necessary evil to get to all the other good plays and I thought I he like I thought this was his floor like like I think he had eight targets like I think an eight target floor in this game was pretty reasonable I mean the DFS landscape is littered with the bodies of people who thought that some second-rate running back was going to all of a sudden become the slot receiver that just doesn't actually happen. No, except Theo's done it. The last two weeks, he just was playing in the slot. Yeah, but you knew, like, Bruce Ellington was coming back. I mean, Bruce Ellington was active last week. Yeah, but he's, like, new to the team. Right, So, I, but there was, there was nothing to indicate that all of a sudden Theo would. I mean, and Theo still did get slot snaps in this game. He just didn't have the monopoly of them. And I, I just, I, I just think it's insanely bad. I'm sorry. They, and, 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 they I get, had, and I get it. You, you made a concession. Tight pricing was really tight. You had to make a concession tight. somewhere, and you chose to make it there. I thought that doing it at wide receiver three was probably better because there were so many good second running backs. So, okay, so just even, even theoretically, even theoretically, say, say that instead of playing Corey Davis or Kenny Galladay, 
I play Seth Roberts for the men. Where, where does that where does that get me at that flex spot? Like if you if you concede that spot, you're still going to a bunch of guys who you don't want to play from like. Yeah, you'd have to get down at quarterback also. And, and I that's something you didn't want to do. And I was just like, I was so sure that Breeze was like, I just felt very confident in my projection on Breeze. Like, I guess if if you go back and make this slate, no, like knowing the playing time but not the results, I guess you probably you you do probably go Lamar. You play Barkley. And I guess like you, you put, well, no, you'd play, you'd play DJ for sure. And then I guess, I don't know. I think carry on was the play that we all missed. I mean, carry on, luckily he got injured. So we didn't get murdered by him, but carry on was clearly the play for this Detroit team. Yeah. Well, the, other, I, the other play that we missed was Marlon Mack and he didn't end up doing that great, but I, I just, felt like he I just, was kind of forgotten about too. I would never. I would. I had him in tournaments, but I just would never play him in cash. Like that's a dude. He's the inverse of Theo. He's in. He's in the split, but he. He's the. He's the non-pass catching side of it. Yeah, Carryon was way better because Carryon gets a bunch of carries, and he also gets targets through the air when they're down, etc. Like he was. He was a really good play. None of us really thought about him. Also, I. I would. Say, I was on Carryon pretty high. I just wasn't able to fit him in my final build part of the part of the reason that i wanted to play um riddick was just like the lions offense had been so non-functional and so miserable the last two weeks that i expected them to either one be trailing by legit like 30 points at some point in this game or two just like curtail back all of this deep developing stuff that they have galladay and like whoever was in i don't even know who played in marvin jones's spot today i guess I guess TJ Jones probably played. Out no, there. he only got like one target. It was no, great. no. So Ellington played in the slot though. So who played who in two wide receiver stuff or three wide receiver stuff? Who played outside? I don't know. I didn't watch this game, but yeah, I didn't. Detroit actually won this football game, which I think right. is pretty crazy. So that like I think I think the fact that Detroit was not not only won this game but was in the lead for most of it actually led to. Theo not being used as much. That was like a big projection that I had was just that I thought they were going to be down. Theo's been Stafford's teammate for four years. He knows how to hit him for six yard flat routes or whatever. Like I knew it was a thin play, but I, I don't feel, I do in no way do I feel bad about playing Theo. I mean, he basically got as many points as James Conner did. So what, what can I even say about this? Yeah, I guess the people who should really feel bad though, are the people who didn't play Saquon. It, that's true. I, I don't know that's how you true. don't play Saquon in this spot. He was only like, depending on your game, 50, he was 49, 50%. 50% on, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was very weird. I was expect. I mean, there were other really good options at the top. I know Zeke was probably fairly popular, but see, Saquon I didn't, I didn't like Zeke, play. and he obviously he had a big game, but I just didn't, I didn't really want to play Zeke this week. No. Zeke was like my fourth. I, I liked Saquon. DJ Connor of the top three, then it would have been like Melvin, then maybe Zeke. Yeah, I really Zeke liked. Was like I not really in play for me. DJ. Zeke was not in play for me. So, um, so do we need to talk at all about the Titans just being like a bad team and that making it hard to play? No, it was Mary. The, the reason the Titans thing didn't work out is because Mariota was done by half. No, the the reason the Titans thing didn't work out is because we ran good last week no, to get no, and then we tempted fate. Yeah, we tempted no, fate no. and went back to Deion Lewis and Corey Davis in the same lineup, and that was confirmed fish. No, like we the are. Reason, the reason this didn't work out 
was because halfway through the game, not even halfway through the game, it was it was in the second quarter when Mariota went the, out. He just had the hand thing come up again. No, it was his elbow. Gabbert went in and threw the ball to Tajay Sharp for almost. It was like eighty. I think it was Tajay saw like eighty percent of the uh, targets from Gabbard. It was insane. Nate, he Nate, you got to take the L, bro. I'm, I'm just telling you, this is a friend. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like L. we need to take the L. It's just like this happens. Uh, like it, this, honestly, it's kind of the equivalent of like when an NBA team, like two mediocre NBA teams, the spread might be like four points. And like, then just one of the teams just straight up doesn't show up and the team gets blown out by 35 points. Like that's what happened to the Titans today. I literally think CD got one target after this after um, after Mariota left. The reason we were playing CD was because of the volume that he be getting. He was getting with Mariota behind the helm, and this whole offense was on the pace on the way up. If you would have known that Gabbert was going to start this game, we wouldn't have been on two Titans players. I mean, at the end of the day, we played two guys from a really bad offense on the road, and results were That's predictable. Fair. That's fair. I mean, that's, that's it. I, I'm not saying, like, in a vacuum. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. Both Deion Lewis and Corey Davis were very good plays yet again. This is, this is unquestioned. I played both of them also. Yeah, we, we just got to wear the L. Yeah. We I mean, it's it's just, this week, it's after, after we pounded our chest on, for Corey Davis last week, we got to wear yeah. the L this week. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll, always, we'll always have week 10. We'll always have my, week 10. It was great. My L is on James Conner this week. I don't yeah. think I don't hear so here from someone who did not play him. James Conner was the cover boy of my tournament article this week. Like I, I did, I totally was in agreement with you guys that like defenses don't matter. The Jaguars aren't even that good, anyways. Conner gets this insane workload. I didn't, I did not particularly think he was a good cash play. So I'm kind of interested to hear why you guys chose to play him instead of David Johnson. I just so, couldn't so get let me, David Johnson in cash. It was yeah, like that, that was the same for me. I, I preferred David Johnson quite a bit, and I was just 200 short. And at some point, I'm like, okay, Connor's close to enough. He projects out really well. Nate's model, uh, the Blitz, all those projection systems had Connor doing really well. And I was just like, you know what? Like, it's not that big a deal from him to DJ. It's a slight downgrade. But I definitely preferred DJ, wanted DJ, couldn't get to DJ, and, uh, and that hurt a lot. Yeah, I had DJ projected higher for sure. If I would have had the cash, I would have gotten to DJ. Um, I think I had – so the three running backs I had with the most touches this week was Saquon, DJ, Connor. Um, and I wanted to get at least two of those three. Obviously, Saquon was a lock, and then it was DJ or Connor. So I got to Connor. Maybe I could have pivoted off the Redskins D because I was pretty high on them. Uh, could have gone down to get to DJ. But honestly, what did DJ get? And he, I mean, he ran bad to only get that though. Yeah. Yeah. He only had one catch and no touchdowns. Well, and they had, they had a, I mean, the Connor thing was run bad. What did the Steelers have total time of possession in the first half? Three minutes. Like it was, well, Jacksonville, Jacksonville had the ball the whole first half. He influenced influenced his own run bad a little bit too. By the end of the game, but the first half, I don't think I would blame that on Connor. 
They had no, the ball for that, like a total of like five minutes in the first half. That drop, bro. That drop that, was just I, like I, I literally almost threw my phone. I was when he dropped. It was a thirty-yard touchdown that he had wide open. Like it was literally a lock for a TD, and it would have been like a, a twelve-point swing for him. And he just dropped it. Yeah, that that was worth a lot of money. That sucked. Yeah, that would have swung my cash game for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was like nine percent owned. So, I'm just like I don't know. I I honestly never can. I'm like looking at my lineup right now and just seeing what I even would have done with that money, and I don't even I don't even see it. But it's possible that I'm the fish, you know. Uh, it's it's not possible. You just play theoretic. You make money. It's just like golden age for Davis Maddock. So. Yeah. I mean, I like whatever you guys want to say about Theo is fine. It was a thin play, but I, th- I like, and especially on DK, like how many, like we've all played wide receivers with a worse target expectation for 4K than like, like Sammy. I played, I played Martavis Bryant in cash this year. I don't Yeah, know. like we played, mo- like, <laughs> like we played, and, and we played Maurice Harris and like all sorts of bad plays. So like, I just didn't like, I was like, Oh, if I get, you know, four for 40 from Theo, it's like, it's really not going to be the end of the world, which is like I, I, running back versus wide receiver. I think that's the part that's tough. It, it's like, that's a total a mental thing though. No, it's not though. A 4k running back, you can project to have much more like touches and actual, like, I, I don't know. I think a 4k wide receiver with that much variance is a very different play than a 4k running back. Because if you miss on a running back spot, you're dead. In but I'm, I'm, it's like, it's the, it's a flex spot though. But on DK, if you're playing it, a wide receiver, yeah, I mean, it's a running back spot. Minus, it's a running back spot. Yeah. And I think on DK, if you miss at one of your running back spots, like that makes or break it for you in cash games most weeks. You Especially on a slate like this. You like, got this. lucky by the fact that Connor was like that Connor carry on and all those other, other potential well, RBs I mean, didn't go off. Big, if we had another, any other week where there was a bunch of 30 point, 20 point games from RBs. But yeah. If you true. just, if you just looked and I mean, the girly and hunt weren't on the slate. So that's, that's a big thing first off, but a big reason why my lineup, even though I, I got one forty seven, like not, I didn't, you know, it's not an amazing lineup or anything, but a big reason why it was still good was that the three mid-tier wide receiver lineup was horrible. That that lineup that lineup could not win just because it, it just didn't get enough to, it just mm-hmm. that lineup construction did not give you enough total points. Like I don't I don't was Galladay was Galladay the only wide receiver in between five and six K who did well? Like yeah. I think he was. Felt felt like it. And I mean let's just talk about receivers. I had Michael Thomas Amari and Corey Davis and Amari and Corey Davis just straight wet the bed. And I was yeah. really confident in those plays. And so how did you, you, so in two spots, you fell short of get, of getting the 200 that you needed, Sammy. Uh, of getting the what? Of getting the get $200 Galladay. that you needed to get to Galladay yeah. and to get to You needed to get to Galladay. Galladay was to Galladay me was like, he was the best three. play. Yeah. It was to I mean, me. I ranked him Galladay CD and then Amari. I was pretty Sammy. low on Amari. I was, I was not. I was, I was, I was not low. On, I was not low on Amari. I don't want to retrospectively make it sound like I didn't like that play. I spent all morning agonizing over whether or not to do the three five k wide receiver lineup. I was too high on Amari. I just said, look, this guy has a you know point seven weighted opportunity since he's been on Dallas. He's gotten eight and ten targets. He's a true number one receiver in a game that should probably shoot out. That should probably have a lot of points. Dallas should probably trail here. Uh, I believe that Atlanta would win the game. 
and they would be ahead. And I really just misread the game. It didn't go the way I thought. And did not go I, the I, really bad week of picks for me. Real bad. <laughs> you mean the uh, the Brandon Powell and uh, and Demarius? No, Thomas? no, picking against the spread. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I just probably overweighted two games of what Amari Cooper had done, and you know, really just said, dude, this guy is a lock. He's a number one receiver for five point four. That was. I don't was, think. I don't think. I don't think that's what happened. I just think that the. Dallas game plan just just went back to Zeke this week but I still think over the over the course of this season Cooper is still going to have like a super good weighted opportunity ranking like in his time in Dallas it'll still be you know top 10 percentage in the league I would bet I'm definitely going back on Thanksgiving I will say this he was like fourth on Whopper on the week I mean Gallup had five targets uh Beasley had seven Zeke had eight I mean, he literally had the same amount of targets as, as Swain. Like, he only had five targets. So, it's, I don't think it's just that the fact that they, that they ran the ball more, like, the targets didn't go to him. So, Nate, you should talk about what you did and your extremely dumb yeah. fish logic for not taking Michael Thomas. Okay, you think it was fish because you think it was fear-based, but here's the thing it about Michael It is fear-based. You cannot explain it in a way that does not make this sound fear-based. I'm, no, I'm excited to see him try, though. Yeah, I would I love to I hear I don't it. think it's just fear-based. Okay, so I was looking at Michael Thomas, and obviously Michael Thomas is a smash play. The dude's got a 90% catch rate on the year. The dude's efficiency is off the charts. Um, but when you actually look at his efficiency, it is legitimately off the charts. I'm talking like he's like 12% catch rate over expectation above everybody else. His catch rate over expectation was like 25% going into today. And I just was looking at the numbers and realizing like, for me to expect this to continue is to bet against like 10 plus seasons of historical data that I have that says that a wide receiver has never performed, not just a wide, nobody has ever performed this. So every time I play Michael Thomas in cash at $8,800, I am expecting and betting on an historical anomaly, which just doesn't make sense to put behind the cash games when there are so many other options that are still great plays. And so I just felt that there's going to be a game coming up and I'm basically playing Russian roulette with $8,800 instead of just building a balanced lineup that I felt still good about, which I did. I got down to Keenan Allen. So your, to- your way of making it sound like you're not making fear-based decisions is by saying you didn't want to play Russian roulette. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing from you. <laughs> Sometimes gunfighters is get it fear based decisions to look at something and say regression is coming. Like, that's it's, not the reason that it's like a, a fear. The reason that it's a fear based decision is you're not pointing out anything specific about this game or this matchup or whatever. You're, you're saying, you're saying eventually, eventually, at some point, based on my data, I think that Michael Thomas will have a game where he only catches 60% of his targets. Yeah, I think overall, we put too much confidence in projecting the individual context of week to week. And I think there are some generalities that you can project. And when you look at a certain thing like that, it's, it's, it's safe to say and safe to assume that Michael Thomas will not continue to have 16 games where he performs at a 90% catch rate because I have 11 years of historical data showing that even with Drew Brees as your quarterback, that's not possible. So it's like, I, I don't think it's fear-based. I think it's like regression based. That's just what how was, regression what, what, was this, what was this catch rate today? 
I don't so, think he missed one, did he? I, I mean, it, the reality is the Saints scored 48 points. Drew Brees threw for 363 yards. Yeah. And it was just such a smash spot at home against a team that's really bad at pass defense. I, I just – and maybe I'm the fish for, like, not – I was inflexible in Thomas. I said, this is the guy that's going to go off this week. I refuse to get off of him. It cost me in other spots. I played Lamar Jackson. I played James Conner, two plays that I didn't really want to play because I had to have Michael Thomas. I had to have him. And I think maybe I was, even though I loved him as a play, I think maybe I was too stringent on, on just not, not coming off him and, and building more balanced lineup. So what, what salary would make you think about the fact that you're betting on historical efficiency to continue? Like I, I wasn't betting on historical efficiency to continue. I said, I, I think he's going to get 10 plus targets in a great game environment. Uh, that's, that's what it was really. Yeah. It's Nate. The, the thing that you are doing, which is very Nate is you are, you are putting this, you are placing too much emphasis on these historical numbers when like one, very clearly, this is a super, super different passing environment in the NFL right now. And secondly, Drew Brees is the most efficient quarterback in NFL history. And Michael Thomas might be the most efficient wide receiver. So even if he comes in under expectation, that doesn't mean he's a bad play for 8,800. Okay, but literally even looking at this year, I screenshotted it to you guys earlier. He's at like a 12% over what every other single wide receiver is at this year. Nate, I want you to know that when you screenshot me things from your model, like I don't look at them. I look at it, but it's like it, – it's, it's honestly, I can't. <laughs> it just looks like hieroglyphics. I have no idea what this means. <laughs> I'm like, Michael Thomas is going to smash Nate's a fish, like close this up and, you know, go on Twitter. Well, it's just like – it's just like, yes, I, I agree with you. At some point, um, he's probably going to have – like uh, he's going to have a bad game, but I didn't see any reason that this was going to be the bad game. Like, let me pull it up after this week. What is his current catch rate above expectation? So if I filter wide receivers to 50 targets or more. For uh, Dude, his catch rate above expectation is 25.9. He is 25.9% above, like, his catch rate, where the second in the league is Brandon Cooks in another historical efficiency offense at 143 so he's 11% above expectation of another historical anomaly. Like 25% above This whole year is a historical anomaly. That's what you're missing. The entire year is this. That is, that is the point. And the, the more the point that I'm making is this, is this is the best analogy I can make for you, Nate, for you to explain why you're being a fish. Say, say some some MLB hitter, I don't know, let's say Gerardo Parra from like two years ago. Clearly he was, he was way over his, his talent level, right? Like mm-hmm. he was just, he was, he, I, his Wobo was like, this is the last time played MLB. Yeah, this is the last time I was like, <laughs> oh, back when, yeah, this, this guy, so it was, it was, the Rockies just, a- no, he was, he it was Parra that D-backs here, right? And let's say he was going to, he was going on a road trip to Coors or whatever, and the, their their worst right-handed pitcher was out there, would you not play him just because he was above expectation over the last three months? Would you just say, well, I can't play him because I know he's playing above his true talent level? 
I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> None of the listeners. That, that was a that was a very clear example. Would you not play someone in a good matchup in a good spot just because over the last three months they'd been playing over what you believe to be their true talent sample? Again, what I'm what I'm trying to say is regression. Like at when when we're talking about such a historical, like such a historical anomaly like this is coming. And if you take the confidence level that I have in the fact that regression is coming from Michael Thomas, where he might still end at an 80% catch rate this year, he might still end with historical like season this year, but it's not going to be 90%. There's, like, there's no way that he could end the season at 26 I'm now, I'm now officially rooting for just like screen passes and just like easy layup throws to Mike Thomas so that he yeah, gets this, like an absurd. Okay, if he ends the season with a 7.5 plus A dot, there's no way that he can end with a catch percentage of above what, 90%. What, what odds would you give me that Michael Thomas ends with greater than seven yards average depth of target, greater than 88% catch rate? Ooh. Like what what odds would you give me for this bet? You'd give him two to one and make the bet, Nate. Nate is saying Nate is saying no chance. Nate is saying there is a zero percent possibility of these two things. I mean, here's the thing that the Saints are like on pace to be the highest scoring team of all time right now. They oh, they put up fifty with like outbreaking a sweat. Right. I understand that. I'm saying the Rams are also incredibly efficient. There's all their other teams this year that are breaking. So, Nate, Nate you're, you're being proposed with a bet right. on the table. Yeah, I would do two to one. Okay. Booked. We'll discuss, we'll discuss the terms off air. <laughs> Five dollars off air. No, no, I would, I would like more than that. I would like more than that on, on Mike Thomas, but speaking of, speaking of, uh, of Piker bets, uh, who won your guys' uh, Jalen Richard, Alex Collins, Doug Martin, Sadler. I forgot about that. We, cho- we chopped it because I ran good and Doug Martin didn't play in the second half. Otherwise, I would have got swept. Oh, yeah, Martin got hurt, so he didn't play the second half. Yeah, I, I, I definitely fished it and, like, probably owe you something nice, Nate, because that was a bad bet. So, uh, so Nate, you played Keenan Allen, which I thought was fine. I mean, I, I would have I done it 0% yeah. of the time, but I had, I had no issue with it. Here's the thing about Keenan Allen. I think earlier in the season his target volume was all over the place, but the last couple of weeks his target volume, I think it was, like, third in the league and and – and Whopper, he was first in the league in target share over the past two weeks since their break. Um, I just felt really good about Keenan in this spot. I thought the Chargers were going to smash here. Um, Keenan did pretty well, but didn't get the 100-yard bonus, so he put up 24. It was fine. I mean, he, he outscored MT, so that was fine for me. I Again, I just lost because of Connor. I put up 133.08 with, like, James Connor with a 10. So like, Should have just played Theo, bro. Did did you play Galladay Davis? Is this how your lineup was good? Yeah, I Galladay was like the second Galladay guy. Yeah, he was like the second guy I put in after Barkley. Yeah, my receivers, gone. my receivers were Keenan, Corey, Corey Davis, Kenny, Kenny Galladay. So. so you did, Sammy. You did what I wanted to do. Or wait, no, no, you didn't because you had Michael no. Thomas. Yeah, I went Thomas Cooper Davis, and I thought it was. I thought it was Cooper, Davis, or Galladay. I wanted two of those three, and the money just dictated that I didn't get Galladay, and uh, that was bad. That was did bad. All, I lost money because of that. Did we all play Ricky Air Yards at tight end? Mm-hmm. 
Did he no. have good? Did he have good air yards again this week? No, I don't think so. I'll pull it up. I hope no, not because I can't guys, play I, him. Again. I got some. I got something. I got to tell you. You play. You played O'Shaughnessy. I did play O'Shaughnessy. I mean, at that point, you should have just you should have just eaten it and played Matt Lacoste or whatever. How many I mean, times did Arizona just, throw in this game? Holy frick! I, I should have just blown up my whole lineup. I mean, there's. I mean, they had they had a couple long touchdowns. Like Christian Kirk had a sixty yard touchdown. They just didn't. They just didn't throw that much. No one in Arizona had more than four targets. No, they had they had nine completions total. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Ricky Seals Jones got three targets for pretty good target six, share. Six air yards. <laughs> I mean, it, at some point with cheap tight ends, like I just degaff. It's like one is kind of close to the other. I don't even. I don't even know. I don't know if there's anyone I would have played who was Cook. good. Cook was the only guy I. I would have. Really I would have. I would have. There were no. There was no lineup where I had more than three k to spend on tight end, though. I mean, we we really blew it, Davis. We did it. We did like an entire school cast and didn't talk about Antonio Gates. And Antonio Gates was like the play. Wait, was he really? Oh, he dude, he smashed. He crushed. He took Keenan Allen's touchdown late in the game. Dude, Gates Gates went for went went five for eighty in a touchdown. This is this is neither here nor there. But if Gates closes the year strong, I have like a decent chance of winning the thirty five k subscriber contest on Football Guys. I like needed a good week from Gates to get through this week. So I'm I'm like I'm probably now that all my seasonal teams are like pretty much dead. I'm like sweating this this thing pretty hard. <laughs> Only Antonio Gates can save it. <laughs> Antonio Gates, Demarius Thomas, what were you doing this off season? This uh, well, Demarius, I don't. I mean, I don't feel that bad about it. Whatever, he's just like some guys just die sometimes. Um, the, 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 the big thing I did wrong in season on, I'm sure I'm not the only one who did this, but just Gronkowski, man, just that dude knows what how did to you, What did Demarius do this week? I know I saw you talking him on the school case. Oh, I, don't yeah, even, yeah. I don't even, I don't even know if the dude was active. Like, honestly, oh, he had a, he had oh, a I just pulled it up. He did have one target for <laughs> zero catches, zero <laughs> yards, 15 air yards, but zero yards. Sometimes, zero sometimes you, Nate, let me, let me show you how to do something you you've never once done on this show. I was wrong. Did I just took the L on James Conner? I played James Conner and got ten you points. You didn't. You didn't L. take the L though, because you said you you said you ran bad. If you're saying you run bad, that's not gracefully taking an L. Okay, fine. I played James Conner. When you're when you're still claiming the Sklansky bucks, you you cannot you cannot <laughs> be like, oh no, I just I yeah, I'm taking the L. No, I tilted my face off with James Conner, dude. Yeah. Uh. So defense. I think I played a different one than both of you guys. I think you guys both went cheap. Oh no! Yeah, the height. Why? Why did everybody like Washington? Why was that a thing? They were the best cheap home defense against a offense that just kind of turns it over. Yeah, and I've been looking a lot at like the adjusted line stuff that um, a couple of guys have been doing. I think it was ADHD has been doing some work on that. And I felt I think the overall offensive line, like defensive line matchups. Um, and Redskins had, I think had like the first or second best matchup this week from a O line to D line, dif- um, efficiency difference number. So I, I really look at those numbers when it comes to cheap defense, when you're looking at like sacks and stuff like that. And I just thought, you, you know, know what, you know, what defense I had a bunch of in, in, uh, in tournaments that actually, uh, led me to not being, not being poor in GBPs this week was the Jags D. Yeah. The Jags D was very sharp. They, that was the play. 
they they so they had 16 for a while until until that last uh till that last stand from the Steelers so they only got 9 but that lineup like allowed you it's like in tournaments that swap down to them let you get TY Hilton over one of those 5k wide receivers which Why didn't we big. why didn't we play TY Hilton But the Saints But the Saints were 13 points and at 2.1 they were like 10% they were owned It was just about the fact that I had Hilton on like all of these teams Guys, guys, let me ask you a question. We loved Hilton, right? I had a ton of them in GPPs. Davis, I know you did. Nate, I'm assuming that you did because, mm-hmm. you know, you're sharp occasionally. Um, was he, like, not a play we should have played in cash? Just didn't, have, just didn't have the money. And also, it's kind of tough to play him when the fact that they never target him in the red zone. Yeah, like, I know his archetype, like this, like, his a dot isn't even that much. No, even no. That he, and he, the the there. the big reason why you he's like tournaments only right now is it's like you're betting on the come. Like you're like you're betting you're, you like you have the open ended straight draw with T Y Hilton. Like yeah. you you know at some point they're gonna start throwing him the ball down the field. They just hadn't done it yet. So that was I I, I love it when you throw poker analogies out there, Davis. Like keep them coming. I played cards once seven years ago. <laughs> I, I actually watched you Twitch online poker one time, and it was great. Probably just jamming it all in it. I just love to get it all in the middle whenever possible. Yeah, the session was not that long. <laughs> no. Uh, so did you guys learn anything meaningful? Nate, maybe did you learn something about uh, – How to take of, an L? Well, just instead of fading historical efficiency, maybe relying on historical efficiency. Do you want to – do you want to – do you have a, Do you have any comments or concerns? Nate, you're not on mute, by the way. <laughs> I, I literally, like... <laughs> um, I learned that, that Philly is not... We need to stop. Philly like, is terrible. Philly. They're, they're, like, they're quite bad. They're super bad. And, and I think part of the reason I liked Thomas in this game was I thought that Philly could... Could be competitive. Trade, yeah, be competitive and, like, force them to throw. And... uh yeah, I mean, if if Thomas had gotten Traquan's uh, usage, everything would have been fine. But it didn't. Oh really my! Happen. I mean, if Thomas had Traquan's usage, we're looking at a fifty-point day, probably. Dude, I learned that. I learned that James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell would not have dropped that pass. He might have. No, he wouldn't have. Le'Veon Bell's never dropped the pass like that. That's that's James Nate Conner. getting emotional on this show for like the first time ever. Just like being just Dude. being killed on. <laughs> yeah, just like disregarding the model. When he dropped it, I had so much like <laughs> frustration until I think I closed my laptop. My girlfriend looked at me. I was like, "What's wrong?" I almost threw my phone. I was <laughs> so tilted. I mean, it was it was literally like that swing was twelve point. I mean, it was. Yeah, was it? That was a decent that. amount of money. That was a decent amount of money for both of us, Nate. Because he was nine percent owned. I mean, that swings cash games for you. That puts me. Yeah, because like ninety-one percent of people me, are not yeah. fish. Yeah, and I am in the nine percent that was clearly fish. I should have gotten up to DJ. Should have pivoted off the Redskins. Not getting to DJ was a mistake. I'm a fish. So, I'm a. I'm pretty sure that tomorrow's showdown slate is like it's going to be the best or worst thing ever. I mean, it's going to be the best, clearly, because we're going Josh Reynolds and the captain and just, like, letting the chips fall where they may. I mean, I will say this. I will have 100% Josh Reynolds, but they – I mean, this slate is just very interesting in the sense that, like, 
So you have to, obviously, with these showdown slates, you can't just accurately price everyone. Like, you can't make Brandon Cooks the showdown equivalent of what his DK salary is. You have, like, just to make these slates playable, they have to jam these guys down. So, like, Kareem Hunt, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Travis Kelsey, they're all, like, way cheaper than they would be in, like, a normal showdown slate. Because when you have two really expensive offenses facing each other, it's just like, what are you even supposed to do? Like, like as a sal- I don't, I do not, uh, well, I would salary not, game, it'd be tough. To make. Right. I don't, I don't envy the guy has to make the salaries for these slates. Cause, cause if you make them, if you make, if you give Brandon cooks, what his showdown salary should be, you, it's just like, you can't, you can't play. Like everyone would be playing like Marcus Kemp or whatever. So I don't, it's just going to be a super interesting slate. I'm going to like dig more into it tomorrow, but I'm like going back real quick. Davis, did you learn anything? Did I learn anything? Um, I learned that unless a team explicitly says Theoretic's going to be starting at slot wide receiver, <laughs> maybe don't project that he's going. <laughs> I, I get so pissed at Davis because he plays these terrible and he lights out. Dude, I mean, Davis played Theoretic in cash and at his running back out. spot. You know what? You know what? You know what? Nate has still. Davis, what did you put up? One forty something. Yeah. 147. You know what? I still, I still would have won if Theo got zero. Yes, you would have. You would have. So something that Nate has yet to learn about, about NFL daily fantasy is that it's just a little bit of a field game. Sometimes you just got, sometimes you just got to accept it. And Nate just, Nate just refuses <laughs> to accept that a game that is easily the most variant form of fantasy sports. That is no, it's like- not. Baseball is clearly more variant than football. Sure, over one I day, but not over a month. Yeah. Yeah, long-term, baseball is way less variant than football, like over the course of a season. Like over, like over the course of a season, literally anything can happen in football. James Conner already has more touchdowns in a season than Le'Veon ever had. Like, yeah, okay. that, if that doesn't, that doesn't prove that the game of football is, like, insanely variant, then I don't know what will. Yeah, there, 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 there's a lot of art to it, Nate. You've got to become an minute. artist. From a DFS standpoint, baseball is by far the highest variance game. No, it's not because you should just basketball's the least and football's in the middle. Models, models for events-based sports, models are just always going to have flaws. Like for iterative sports like basketball, like you should honestly be mostly relying on a model, but like you can't stone rely on model outputs in event-based sports. It just it does not work. You have to you have to be making inputs and adjustments as a DFS player. Yeah, Not, the, pl- players have events upside, Nate. You got to you got to account for events upside. And Theo Riddick getting his eight points. Yes, like Thanks and that you, that's a mental calculation you have to make though. You have to make the mental because cal- like you have to kind and of you can jam in a questionable slot receiver for Matthew Stafford. It was so I could get Drew Brees, dude. That was the that was the mental calculation I made, and I'm I'm sure any optimizer would have told me to take whatever Fitzpatrick Cooper or I don't even I don't even I didn't even I knew my lineup was not going to be what the optimal lineup said today, so I didn't I didn't even look at any of them. I know yeah, that you're, you're just such a savant. Like I'm tilted. <laughs> I'm I'm tilting well, my I know. Well, I was talking to I talked to Cardi this morning, and he was he was wanting to play Zeke Fitz. and Barkley. Yeah, he, and he had fits yeah. as well. But I like that was just an example. Of, like Cardi knows way more about math than me, 
So I was just like, yeah, I think you should play Zeke, but like, I'm, I'm not interested. I, I won't do it. We're like, and obviously it was a, like, he was a good play. He, he got very good results, but like that just would have thrown me off on a weird loop of roster construction. I actually probably would have been better, even though Cooper only got like five points or whatever. Yeah, because you had another smash player. Like you had, you, you had, had to have a couple smash players, and well, you had thirty six where Thomas had nineteen, right? <laughs> and where and where James Conner had ten or whatever he had. I just there's no way Theo gets to twenty five. There's no way. No, no I mean the, on, the only way. Well, no, he could get he could get to twenty. You're giving up a running back spot that has so much potential of like, you know, when you throw up a running back lineup that has like. You know, Dion yeah, but could I, easily have seen twenty. Dion easily. Well, yeah, I, Dion was a lock. Yeah, Dion, Connor. There's so many running backs that could easily have twenty. Well, I did not think. Years. I did not think that Connor D- David Johnson spot was a lock. That was where we differed. Did we? Uh, did we overrate Dion in retrospect, or do you think it was just we? No, ran no. Bad? His workload and stuff is still really good. It's, that was just like really run bad. I mean, Connor had what four games in a row where he had above thirty DraftKings points. Well, that's not that's not anything. Not not sustainable, Nate. That's Histori- dude, that's there. that's historical efficiency, bro. Yeah, he's definitely coming back to the mean from that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You should even, have like, Nate, understand what you're Nate, talking about. Nate, like, you should have, Nate. You should have known. You should have seen that historical production and known that at some point he was going to come back in line with more like other league average running backs. Cause make no mistake about it. James Conner is not a super special player. He's like a little, he's like a little above average, but it's not like James Conner is not Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott or whatever. He's like just a good, reliable running back. Yeah. I didn't need him to be. I just needed Pittsburgh to have a couple of plays. They just, dude, they just regressed to the mean. Yeah, he'd been catching all of his targets before. When he when he had a big target, he dropped it this he week. Just, you know? Yeah, just that, that was literally that was literally that was literally the universe regressing him for you. That was that was the universe just putting in that regression. That was Russian mm. roulette. That was you shooting yourself. Do <laughs> 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 uh, you guys? So the showdown slate. Do you guys have a particular player that you're going to be like just 0% on? Like a guy you. Oh, actually, I did. That's actually a good point. I did want to talk. I did want to talk about this because I think this is something people mess up with Showdown. Showdown, when you're making like 20, 30 lineups, which is what I do, a big part of that when you're going to go put it in the lineup builder is not necessarily locking in who you like. It's just straight up excluding guys. Like on. On this Sunday night slate, the Minnesota-Chicago game, um, like something I did right and that I was all, it was almost a very profitable evening for me if like that last digs drive had not happened. But I just, I just excluded Dalvin Cook and Jordan Howard and Kyle Rudolph because I was just like, these dudes, sure, if they score a couple touchdowns, whatever, they kill me, that's fine. But I just think the way this I project this game to go, these guys are not going to be good. They're not going to do well. So instead of them kind of mixing in those lineups, even 10, 20%. I just want to have 0% of them. So, Sammy, I think that is a good point that you make. A big part of these showdown slates is just not playing guys you don't think are very good, just like straight up getting rid of them. Yeah, first question you should ask yourself, I, I agree with that, is who am I not going to play rather than who's going to be my my captain? Because obviously that's Josh Reynolds, 
Maybe Chris Conley. No, no. And people do also mess that up, though. Actually, yeah. this is big in NBA. People in NBA showdown, they think they should captain the cheap guy who's, like, going to get extra run that night. Like, in, in, an NBA, you, like, in NBA, you're dead if you do that. But in NFL, I still think it's not great to do that. I still think you're trying to get Tyreek or one of the quarterbacks or, like, yeah, really I, just, I think it's captaining one of the quarterbacks for tomorrow. I really do. Uh, I probably would not captain Goff. I think captaining Goff's pretty bad. Really? Yeah, just, just because, because he can share touchdowns with Gurley. Well, so so if Goff gets if Goff let's just say Goff gets thirty, what percentage of the time do you think Goff gets thirty and one of the three wide receivers doesn't get more than thirty? Yeah. Probably not that often. And it's and, and the wide receivers are cheaper and they have way higher upside in the full PPR scoring. I think in the wide I think for the Rams specifically, this is where I would disagree. I think the Rams specifically is one of the most spread out offenses. You can go to Woods, you can go to uh Cooks, you can go to you can go to Gurley, you can do I mean there's so many different things. Well their their tree is going to be more narrow this week with Cooper being out. Yeah. Like, I think, I think, like, yes, we like Josh Reynolds. Yes, I will have a ton of Josh Reynolds, but I would, I would say probably like five targets is a good expectation for him as opposed to Cooper's eight. For sure. For sure. Are you going to play either of the tight ends, Nate? That's, I think that's, because I think if you think that some Kelsey. No, no. That, I mean, that's obvious for the, for the Rams. I think that's a, that's a legit, that's a legit question. And I think if you think that they're, Neither I'll probably have a lot of Kelsey actually the more I look at this. Yes. I mean, he's the cheapest good skill position player. So yeah, he should be. I'll probably have all the Kelsey. I would say I'm obviously going to, I'm probably going to have almost a hundred percent cooks, a lot of woods. I, I think I'm just going to mix it up with like, I think I'm just going to take a stand. Guys. And I'm going to have some Conley. I'm going to have some wear and hope that I get some. Oh, some wear. Yeah. Yeah. Have some like have some like two minute hurry up love. Yeah, I think, I think what, if, if Ware gets a touchdown, then I mean you're. Just... I think I would. Uh, I think I'm just going to stone fade the defenses, st- exclude them. I think I'm going to exclude Watkins. I think exclude ex- the tight ends, exclude the Rams tight ends, and just go all in on trying to get that right combo of the expensive guys. I mean, Watkins is probably not going to play, is the thing. Actually? Really? I was, not, I was not under the impression that this was like a multi-week injury. If Watkins isn't going to play – if Watkins he isn't going to play – He didn't practice the last two days, and they brought up some dude from the practice squad. Like, he's uh, – that, that screams to me that he's not going to be in there. I would, I would say a, a take for people is that Chris Conley just isn't very good, and Demarcus Robinson's probably more likely to get targets even if Conley plays more. Dude, if he gets one of those like flip, you know, like jet sweeps yeah. that counts as a touchdown reception, that's gonna be that's gonna be a slate winner. Yeah, I I'm waiting for a two hundred dollar guy to score again. We haven't had it. We have not had it since the Texans tight end Jordan. We haven't had it since Jordan Thomas. Those are the real slate breakers because if you just don't have them, you you're so stone dead. Yeah. All right. Who's your, Tyreek is so expensive. Who's your Who's your captain, Nate? You can only pick one. Who's your captain? Um, Goff. 
master of decision-making, Nate Nolan. Who you got, Sammy? Who's your captain? Josh Reynolds. All right, I'm going, I'm going Cooks. I will, I will say my four captains will probably be Mahomes, Cooks, Reynolds, Kelsey. That's probably what I will do. Not having golf is a mistake. I, I pretty much never captain the quarterbacks when I do these. Just because yeah, a lot I, of the quarterbacks is at 9,600. And you can, you can captain Mahomes. Kill, yeah, you gonna, can captain Mahomes. Not, Mahomes is 11-2. Mahomes is 11-2. Mahomes is a whole other – I mean, literally, Goff is 9.6. Goff is less than Gurley, Tyreek. Nate, you and I have a very different opinion of the captain and how to utilize it. I'm actually going to trust Davis here. He does, he does take cast Patreon shows about – about the show. I just, I think, I think that, I I think that not captain and golf tomorrow is a mistake. If you're trying, if you're trying to, if you're trying to smash these slates with a unique lineup, the way to do it is to get a really high upside pass catcher, lock him into 20 lineups and get the right combination around him. The Kansas city offense is a whole lot more concentrated than the, than the LA offense. I don't understand that argument against golf. Historical outlier though. Yeah, I mean, just like if the LA you, offense has like over over the long run, spread her out in between Woods, Gurley, Cooks, Reynolds. There's much more to spread it out on than there is between Kelsey. Kelsey and Hill will have a much higher target share and overall concentration of that offense than any two guys you're going to find in the LA. Guys, yeah, but, this was this was a bad podcast. Yeah, Nate, yeah. I, th- I need Sorry. you. I need you. I need you to hit the showers, man. Just sit the next couple of plays out. <laughs> Davis, you're wrong. like, you made an argument for go- against golf that is like not correct. I, you're right. I would just rather have players like Tyreek or Cooks. Okay, that I well think then say that. Don't hitting. don't make up some fake narrative that's not. True. Well, I I didn't I didn't make up a narrative. But I asked. I said, how likely is Goff to get to thirty, and one of the other guys on the Rams not going to get to thirty? And I, I think their passing tree is going to be narrower than you do this week also. Like, you're, you're giving, like, Reynolds and the tight end some extra targets that I think are just going to – I think that are just going to Cooks and Woods. But we're captaining Josh Reynolds, Sammy? Yeah, yeah. And, and then we're going to be rich. We can, do a, we can do an emergency podcast after we're yeah, rich. Emer- emergency pod. Yep. All right, guys. That's this is like an hour and a half long of a podcast. So it like, could have been like twenty minutes. This yeah. was horrible. <laughs> way too many of this you listened to us talk about theoretic for forty-five minutes. So I hope that that was enjoyable for all of you. We will, of course, be back next week. Hope everyone has a dope Thanksgiving. Hope I hope DK releases showdown slates for every one of those games. That's gonna be that's gonna be the uh, that'll be what I. That's what, yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah turn kings turn kings. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll uh, we'll be back next week.